Uhuru, you're listening to Reparations in Action on Black Power 96.3 WBPU-FM in St. Petersburg, and also airing as a podcast on uhurusolidarity.podbean.com. Reparations in Action is the weekly program of white people standing in solidarity with African liberation and reparations to African people. My name is Jamie Simpson, your host, and I'd like to begin by saluting this radio station, Black Power 96.3 WBPU-FM in St. Petersburg, uh, for allowing us to have this hour every Wednesday at 12 uh, noon Eastern Standard Time to bring you this message, especially to white people listening to this uh, Black Power radio station, that there's a role for you in the African liberation movement if you can unite with reparations. I'd also like to begin, as always, by saluting the leadership of the African Liberation Movement, the founder and leader of the Uhuru Movement, chairman of the African People's Socialist Party, Omalia Chapella, for leading the struggle of African liberation for the past 50 years. I'd like to salute the uh, Central Committee of the African People's Socialist Party, Deputy Chair Ona Zene Yeshitela, who leads the economic independence work of the African People's Socialist Party. I'd like to salute the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and African People's Solidarity Committee the organizations of white people who work directly under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party to win other white people to a stance of reparations. And this week, we are going to be bringing on chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, Jesse Neville. We'll be hearing from the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee, Penny Hess, Chairman Omalia Shatella of the African People's Socialist Party, and Director Akile Anai, because this week we have seen more so than any time since the 1960s, an eruption of African resistance to police terror in the wake of the horrific murder of George Floyd that was seen across the nation. We have seen in the past week more insurrections, more rising up against police, state, and, and edifices of capitalist power than we, this country has seen at least since 1968. In the past night, there are at least 30 cities in which insurrection, resistance, rebellion has risen up. Police officers have been shot in St. Louis, uh, attacked in New York, and the murder of African people continues. The President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, has openly courted the U.S. military to enter the streets of the United States and used military forces last night to clear protesters from Lafayette Park in order to make a photo op around a church holding a Bible, condemning protesters, condemning the right of anyone to speak against this colonial state. So this is the crisis of imperialism and we, we will be bringing you reports from the front line of the African liberation and a critical historical uh, meeting that happened last night of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement led by Chairman Omalia Shetela, Chairwoman Penny Hess, uh, Director of Agitation and Propaganda, Akile Anai, and chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, Jesse Neville. So we'll get to that right now. Thank you for joining us today on Reparations in Action. So we're here with the chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, Jesse Neville. And uh, Jesse, thanks for being on Reparations in Action today. Thank you, Jamie. Glad to be here as always. So there was an incredible meeting that happened last night. Can you sum up what that was about? And then we're gonna hear from Chairman Amalia Shetela. Yes, Jamie, uh, the meeting last night was held by the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. It was a Zoom meeting that was entitled Justice for George Floyd Reparations Now. 
we were very honored to have Chairman Omalia Shatella, the founder and leader of the Uhuru Movement, and the widely recognized chairman of the revolution at large, uh, attend and present the political overview for this meeting, in addition to Akile Anai, who is a celebrated um, African leader uh, within the African People's Socialist Party, who, uh, who is also the director of agitation and propaganda for the African People's Socialist Party, and a former city council candidate here in St. Petersburg, Florida. She spoke to us as well as Penny Hess, the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee and recurring guest on this program. And the meeting was attended by hundreds of people, Jamie, hundreds of people from throughout this country and beyond. People participated from Switzerland, people participated from South Africa, people participated from throughout Europe and in Canada. And um, we, we left the meeting with 45 new card-carrying members of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement signed up within the course of that meeting to join on the forward side of history, to join the winning team, which is the struggle and resistance of African working class people and colonized people around the world who are leading this incredible heroic resistance and, and struggle against colonial domination of their lives and for power. So it was, it was a triumphant meeting. It was a huge leap forward in the party's 44 year old strategy to build principled white solidarity with African liberation under the leadership of the African working class on the terms set and defined by the African working class. And the whole concept of white people involving ourselves in a struggle against racism was absolutely dismantled um, ideologically and politically by all of the people who spoke. And it was really clear to everybody in the meeting that if we want to truly take a stand to change the world and not continue to put ourselves and our feelings and our attitudes as white people in the center, then anti-racism is not the way. Anti-colonialism, a stand in solidarity with the struggle against colonialism and a struggle for power and reparations is the only way forward, the only way to truly be involved in a struggle for justice for George Floyd and all other countless victims of colonial murder and genocide. So I just want to salute and welcome all of the new people who joined the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and everyone who signed up to volunteer and participate in this Saturday's Global Day of Action for reparations to African people. We want to be out in the streets in every single city where we're located, not just in the United States, but throughout the world, to take a public stand as white people against colonialism for reparations to, black, to the black community. And people who are interested in participating in that can actually come to a planning meeting tonight, Jamie. It's happening on Zoom at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can register by going to tinyurl.com slash reparations day. And already many people have done that. So if you're interested in getting more information on that, again, that's tinyurl.com slash reparations. Is that correct, Jesse? Reparations Day. Slash Reparations Day. Tinyurl.com slash Reparations Day. And we'll be talking more about what that global day is going to be. Let's move now to hear from Chairman Amalia Shatella. Among the things that we have to recognize is that obviously what we see occurring throughout this country in terms of city after city, many of them going up in flames mobilizations throughout the country, more than 170 cities 
have seen demonstrations occur in this country over the last few days. And the numbers are growing and have been growing. And that this is really an extraordinary thing. Obviously, it is not just about the death, the murder, the brutal, grotesque, torturous murder of this comrade uh, George Floyd. Lloyd. It is, it is bigger than that. And uh, it is something that resonates throughout this country. And not only does it resonate throughout this country, it's resonating throughout the world. And that's something that's important for us to recognize as well. Because people in Palestine are standing up right now and expressing solidarity with African people in this country, stating themselves that Palestinian lives matter, African lives or Black lives matter, uh, as they say. African people in Australia are talking about how they've experienced the same thing. Relatives who have been, have been, have been suffocated uh, in a similar fashion. And there's cries. One woman said, I heard him go, I can't breathe 11 times. And this was in Australia, they're talking about. We've seen uh, uh, incredible uh, statements that's trying to come from peoples all around the world in solidarity with this struggle. There's a growing recognition of what the United States government really is. And this is a call to you who are in this meeting uh, because we've gone through some of this before. When I say we, I mean the whole black revolution of the 1960s uh, saw something similar when we, a city after city was set to the torch by people, African people, black people who uh, were, had determined that we would no longer live under the conditions that were imposed on us. This is the process that also uh, facilitated and fueled the struggle by the Mexican people. It fueled the struggle of, of women in this country, of homosexuals in this country. That's why there, in addition to there being a black liberation movement, there emerged a women's liberation movement, a gay liberation movement. All of these liberation movements were, uh, uh, were uh, facilitated by the struggle of African people in this country because the oppression of African people is fundamental to the existence the founding of the social system, which was founded on slavery and genocide. And when we, we say that what has to happen now is we look at what's happening in the world, we see the Secretary General of the United Nations has come out and has, uh, uh, has said that the United States uh, has to be careful how it's treating people who are demonstrating uh, in this country. The European Union uh, has put out a gentle statement uh, suggesting that the United States uh, had to be uh, careful of the rule of law in terms of uh, treating, dealing with people who are mobilizing, African people who are struggling uh, in this country. Uh, the, the Iranian uh, people uh, have been saying, and along with the Chinese, about how the United States is a hypocritical state, how they go around condemning other peoples and other countries on the one hand, while on the other hand, what we see happening with African people and this resistance is clear that the real culprit in international affairs and of oppression and exploitation in this world and in the United States itself is the United States government. More and more people are rising up and making the statements. And the fact is that what is happening with this explosion of resistance by African people in this country to this murder and the solidarity of sorts that have been demonstrated by other people with African people in this murder, uh, what is, is, is happening is that it has, it has made it impossible for the United States to pretend to be uh, this uh, representative of democracy and fair play around the world. It has never been true, and people knew that around the world, but the explosion of this resistance 
has made it absolutely impossible for the United States to hide uh, what it is involved in doing and how it treat, treats people around the world. This is important for us to understand. I want to say uh, what is critical for us, those of us who are participating in this meeting, is that even though we see the resistance that's happening, the resistance that Trump is, uh, is, 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 is uh, expressing opposition to, the resistance that uh, Obama uh, uh, is expressing opposition to, uh, this resistance, which is so powerful, it has broken through the grip uh, that the, 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 the African sellouts, black petty bourgeoisie in our country, uh, along with the government, along with the Democratic Party, has had on our communities, the ideological, political grip that's been imposed on our community. The African people who uh, now are struggling, uh, a continuation of a struggle that was militarily crushed by the United States government in the 1960s, when people recognized that there was such a thing as the Black Panther Party, when people recognized that there was such a thing as the incredible Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and what have you. And sometimes we celebrate the destruction of the Black Panther Party and other revolutionary organizations. We celebrate the life of lives of, of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. But what most people do not clearly understand is that the deaths of all these people were, uh, was, uh, manifest, uh, was manifest manifestation of a cruel oppression, of, 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 of suppression of a revolutionary movement of African people in this country. It was crushing a movement. People were fighting for happiness, and return of resources stolen from us for our dignity as a people, to end the humiliation, to end the fact that our children will never be able to see a future, to end the reality that all of our communities everywhere we live were controlled by some external force and, were, uh, and was used to humiliate us as a people. And so this is, this is where, what happened. We had a magnificent movement and it was clear that this movement was struggling for liberation. It was clear that this movement was struggling against colonialism. That, was, that became the critical element, the critical factor in the struggle of black people in this country that was recognized by all the peoples around the world. Other countries recognized it. People gave refuge to the struggles of African people who were engaged in a clear uh, struggle for liberation and against the colonial domination of our people. That was Cuba, that was Algeria, that was other countries around the world which recognized exactly what we were fighting for. But with the murder of Malcolm, the murder of King, the murder of members of the Black Panther Party, the massive jailings of, of militants who were trying to fight for the freedom of our people, then uh, this counterinsurgency was put in place that has existed now uh, for more than two uh, generations, almost three generations. And so we haven't, there, there has not been an obvious uh, existence of this movement except for what was in the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru movement, because we have been intent to complete the Black Revolution that was crushed by the United States government and to break free of the ideological and political trap that the Democratic Party, that the Black liberals and what have you, and white liberals uh, had uh, locked us in. To, we had a situation where we had a program in the Black Panther Party. We had a program with the Hunter of militant organizations of JOMO. Malcolm X was articulating a program. Martin Luther King himself was articulating a program talking about a whole struggle uh, against uh, a war against poverty, a whole people's, poor people's movement. And he was assassinated. And all of these folk were assassinated. 
We have died, black people died trying to just win the right to vote. Our church bombed, our children were murdered. People were assassinated in this whole process. And then the time this happens in 1965, that's when you saw universal suffrage happen in this country for the first time. Now African people were given the right to vote. But by now, the, the war against the African movement itself has been so severe. Uh, our organization is destroyed mostly. Uh, members jailed and dispersed uh, so that there is no way for the movement to articulate what our own interests of the people are. And the only thing that we were left with was the Democratic Party. And the program that was presented to us was the program of the Democratic Party. We had no independent movement. And right now, majority of African people who participate in political life participate in the Democratic Party because this government succeeded in destroying the independent organizations, uh, most of them, of, of our people, except they didn't succeed. That's why you're here today, because the African People's Socialist Party is here. We built the Uhuru movement, and we have never, 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 never stopped struggling. So we see all of these struggles happening. Uh, we see uh, it happening everywhere. And one thing is clear that there is no center there. And in some ways, people say, well, that's good, there's no center. But there is no center. Uh, there are no demands coming from this struggle. So that even if people wanted to unite with us, they don't know the demands that they should be uniting with. And so what our responsibility is, is to go ahead and raise those demands and to build organization, more organization, that raises up the true interests of the African people in this country that allows us to, and you, to unite not only with African, but the oppressed peoples and exploited peoples around the world. For one thing, we want to make it clear that we are not fighting against racism. You're in the wrong place if you are involved in a struggle against racism. Our struggle is against colonial domination. To fight against racism means that white people are in the center. Now, to fight against racism uh, is something about you. What we have to say is the struggle is against colonialism, which is about us. We want an end, a total end. Uh, to the alien, hostile, alien, and foreign domination of African people. That's what colonialism is. We has, it has to end. And, we, and to, for that to end, it means that we have to become a self-governing people once again. And that's what we want you to unite with. We want you to unite with the struggle against colonialism. We, you must recognize, if you want to get to the bottom of this, and I know you do, because people continue to say, what the hell is happening here? Why does America act the way it does? Because the truth of the matter is, is America is a settler state. In the same way the apartheid regime of South Africa was a settler state. In the same way the state of Israel occupying Palestinian land is a settler state, where Europeans have left Europe and gone to other lands and taken those lands and subdued the people on those lands and then renamed those lands and renamed themselves to act like they've always been there. It's, uh, this is a settler state, in the same way Australia is a settler state, in the same way New Zealand is a settler state. That's what the United States is. And African people exist inside the United States as a domestic colony, which is a colony that's, that's distinguished from the relationship, for example, that France had with Algeria when it was dominating Algeria as a colonial power, that France had uh, with Vietnam when it was dominating uh, Vietnam as a colonial power, that the U.S. had with Vietnam when it was dominating uh, Vietnam as a colonial power. A difference is this. Colonies have traditionally most often been recognized as instances where one country, one power invaded and, 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 and controlled another power on an, a people on another land. In this instance, 
the colonizer and the colonized occupy the same space. And so it has been confusing to some people because here we are occupying the same space and that has allowed some people to say, well, we're all Americans. But data and statistics show we are not all Americans. That's why when we look at what they call coronavirus and we call it colonial virus, the grave disparity where two and a half times as many African people on average are dying from this thing than white people. We're on the same land space. We're in the same uh, territory. Why the hell is that the case? Why the hell is it that we have a situation where African people in this country, they estimate uh, uh, have a, a wealth that uh, 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 something like, and uh, uh, take an example of Boston where the, the income, the medium income, a medium wealth in the African community is only $8. This is in the United States. This is a distinctive difference in the health conditions that we see. The jail cells filled with black people. All of this is a consequence of colonialism. And we need you to unite in opposition to colonialism. That's what this discussion is about. Because you can't understand anything else that's going on if you don't understand colonialism. So uh, we're saying that they like to talk about America being a, a, a nation of immigrants. That's a lie. America is not a nation. It is a prison of nations. Ask the Mexicans, ask the so-called so Indians, which are people living in concentration camps uh, that they call Indian reservations, the indigenous populations here. Uh, there is no, no American nation. It's a prison of nations. Settlers have come here, imprisoned African people, imprisoned the traditional historical custodians of this land, uh, taking benefit of the land and taking benefit of the free stolen labor of African people. That's what we are fighting against right now. So we need for you to start to unite with the, uh, uh, the, the support, the African anti-colonial struggle. Uh, don't worry about racism because the, most people no longer care whether white people like us or not. The question is, can you unite with our right and our struggle uh, to be free and independent? One, two, you must recognize that we are not Americans, we are not people of color, we are African people. We have an identity. We are African people and that identity has been obscured in some ways erased uh, from, from, uh, from obvious uh, 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 visibility. But we are a people, we are African people. And, and secondly, and beyond that, we are not just Africans here. We're not African Americans, we are Africans period. We are part of an African nation that has been forcibly dispersed at gunpoint. We didn't get to this country, come here looking for a better way of life. We lost a better way of life as a consequence of having been kidnapped and brought here against our will and dispersed around the world where all of our labor and resources have gone to enrich Europe, enrich the settlers uh, uh, at our expense. So we rec you must recognize that we are a nation. You have to uh, also uh, support uh, the demand that all US troops out of Africa, every single one of them leave Africa that, that uh, which is the national homeland of our uh, African people. You have to unite with the demand for reparations. Reparations, reparations. This is a critical question right now at this moment because people are crying about a target and, and things like that, banks which have, may have been destroyed during this rebellion. But if you understand the question of reparations, as many Africans do understand the question of reparations, then you understand that if we were stealing something, we'd be stealing from ourselves because every everything of value that is there was created by African people ourselves. Reparations are due to African people. You must unite with that demand. Uh, and when it comes to, because it's not just a matter of dealing uh, uh, with one death, and that's being exposed to us by what's happening throughout this country 
and also the experience that you have and the feelings that you have about this matter, the instincts that you have about the situation clearly demonstrates it's more than just a question of racism and not liking black people. In fact, the conditions of African people in this country and around the world is similar and has comes from similar uh, circumstances as the condition of people in Venezuela, as the condition of people who are terrorized uh, by the United States government and trying to starve them to death in Iran, uh, as the condition of people in occupied Palestine that's called Israel, which is nothing but a military outpost uh, for US imperialism, as the condition of people in Syria and all over the continent of Africa, Haiti and the rest of it. That's the situation. There is no other explanation for why all of the wealth in the world seems to be concentrated in a white community someplace and the rest of us are in terrible states of existence. So you must demand the immediate release of every political prisoner, African political prisoner. These are the kinds of stances that we're calling on you uh, to take. And I just wanna say that uh, America is, is every day is being severely undermined. This is a dying empire. And it's becoming obvious to everybody, which is why Trump is talking about putting troops in the streets, and he may do that. And what he's doing, of course, is escalating a process and closing the doors uh, to anybody who might even think about some kind of peaceful change. He's closing the doors. And what you and I must understand is that uh, insurrection even and, 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 and uh, the kinds of uh, resistance that we've seen, uh, that, that is not the same as revolution. Revolution means to overturn this system, overturn the relationship that we have with the system. And for that, it takes conscious in, individuals to, in, to involve ourselves. We need to go ahead and speak to the demands that I'm talking about now uh, so that it informs our movement, so that not only do we, in this meeting, P-Africans every place else understand what the struggle is about because there are people who engage right now in this movement. They, they just know what's happening to them right now. We have to provide the leadership, the ideological leadership for that. And we have to let the world know that this is what's going on so that if there's an intent to offer some kind of solidarity with the struggle, it's not a struggle with what they call racism, which is to make people, uh, white people like us, which would be silly. Nobody, who, how can anybody say that we're gonna join with, the, with black people who are trying to make white people like them? That's a stupid struggle. So we do have interests, we have material interests. And to fight against racism presupposes that we do not have material interests of our own as just some subjective need uh, to have a relationship with white people, which, will, which makes us silly, and we're not silly. So we're asking you to unite with us around uh, these principles that I just mentioned, uh, that we have to uh, go ahead and build a powerful uh, movement uh, that you need to participate in. And most of you, uh, I think, are part of the Uhuda Solidarity Movement. And those of you who are not uh, need to come on board. We have a lot of work to do. And uh, given uh, Trump's statement just a few minutes ago, uh, the uh, situation goes, grows more critical every day. Uh, but for the world, it's becoming clearer uh, that the America is a dying empire. It has lost any sense of significance, prestige, moral authority that it's ever had. And because that moral authority was rooted uh, in the uh, exploitation and oppression of African people and other people who are colonized specifically inside the United States, but other places as well. So I just want to uh, really uh, uh, express my appreciation again uh, for all of you uh, who uh, have uh, come uh, to this conference. And uh, let's go ahead and go to work and turn this sucker uh, right side up. The world must be turned right side up 
It must be taken out of the hands of those who exploit us and oppress the peoples of the world. We have to build a movement that will, will, that will expropriate the expropriators that will allow Africans and other people around the world who are locked in the death grip, grip of US imperialism to be able to enjoy life and be able to say that our children will have a future, not because of some criminal in the White House, but because we are in control of that future ourselves. Join us in building that future. And that future comes as a consequence of negating the past, negating colonialism, building a future of, of free people here, ending whole social systems of slaves and masters and bosses and workers and creating a system where the peoples who produce the value in the world uh, will be able to control that value in the world. So unite with African people here, unite with African people around the world and unite with a just struggle to destroy a social system based on genocide and exploitation and to build a real free human existence where people don't have to live in fear of each other and in fear of the terror that's imposed by criminal, criminal regimes like the United States. Thank you, comrades, brothers and sisters, Uhuru. That was Chairman Omalia Shetela of the African People's Socialist Party and African Socialist International. Let's hear now from Director of Agitation and Propaganda for the African People's Socialist Party, Akile Anayi. People are really looking for answers, trying to really determine, you know, what is the next course of action? What should I do? And genuinely hate what's happening in the world today and want to see some type of fundamental change. And you couldn't be in, um, in a better meeting right now um, than the one that's happening. And so I just really want to salute that process and salute all of you for participating in this. Um, as mentioned, I am the director of agitation and propaganda for the African People's Socialist Party, which is, you know, the over all of the different institutions that wage the war of ideas, that is able to communicate, get out information, to tell the story of the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru movement. And we have, oh, we have institutions that are over 50 years old in this department, like the Burning Spear newspaper, which is the oldest revolutionary black power newspaper um, um, to date, and is still in production today. And um, you can, those, are one, those are one of the things that you can get at burningsformarketplace.com. We have you know, our radio stations that broadcast out of St. Petersburg, Florida. We you know, have the publications that were just um, mentioned. These are all things that the African People's Socialist Party has been producing. And that you know, these are institutions that are you know, self, that just demonstrate economic self-reliance, that demonstrate you know, power in the hands of the African working class because they're institutions that you know, that are in control, that are controlled by the African working class, that none of, we don't have any interest, you know, are beholden to any interest um, with the ruling class at all, that we have been able to produce this for ourselves, for our people, and for our struggle. And um, this is just one, and those are just some of the institutions of the 50 institutions that demonstrate the practical work of the African People's Socialist Party and of the Uhuru Movement, because we don't just talk, we are about action, we are about doing, and that's what joining organization, that's what organization should have you doing, is working, because the, and I really want to salute and just appreciate the uprisings that we see happening, but the, the significance of those uprisings is um, that they, that the, the real significance of those uprisings will come as a, um, as a consequence of what the work that we do, which is to turn those uprisings into revolutionary uprisings, to advance our struggle, the revolutionary struggle. And you know, that is what our task is um, as the African People's Socialist Party, because we've seen uprisings 
throughout history and we'll see many many more until this system you know is destroyed until it is you know until we have finished it off our job has to be able to turn the righteous resistance of African people happening everywhere into a struggle towards revolution. And that rev the struggle for revolution doesn't always look like the uprisings that are happening throughout the world. It looks like the this meeting that we're having on today. It looks like you know the different political education sessions. It looks like going out and selling the Burning Spear newspaper. It looks like going and doing outreach at the different demonstrations, talking to people, getting contact information. It looks like being in meetings. It is the day in and day out work that keeps the in, these institutions of black power and self-determination running. Like that's the work of the revolution. And that's work that all of us can be a part of. And the work um, of, of reparations, winning reparations, because the whole question of where, you know, like, because reparations isn't a new discussion. It's a discussion that the party put in, you know, and, and made a household word, um, just in looking at the history of our party and how the party initiated um, world tribunals in 1982 and had 12 consecutive world tribunals on reparations. So the party really advanced this question. People are wondering why people are talking about reparations today. It's because of the work of Chairman Amalia Shetela and the African People's Socialist Party. And the question of, well, where is reparations going to come from? How is that going to happen? The African People's Socialist Party has, you know, answered that question and that part of reparations looks like the work that the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and the function of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement is in, you know, going into the belly of the beast, organizing white people that can be one to the struggle and turning over stolen resources um, back into the hands of the African Revolution. And that's part of what reparations looks like. Part of the other side of reparations is, of course, what Chairman uh, just talked about, which is, you know, expropriating the expropriators, um, taking back our resources, how we see happening in these various places. Um, so, you know, that's this, our, the work that we have to do, including the work that all of you have to do in this meeting is to join the struggle and join under the leadership of the African working class under the African People's Socialist Party. And that's a really, really important question. And the party really opened up this opportunity um, over 40 years ago for white people to be able to participate in this process. To, that uh, the African People's Socialist Party answered this question, what about the white people? And that um, gave you know, the white population an opportunity to abandon the interests of their own ruling class and to side with the struggles of the oppressed. That's what the African People's Socialist Party did. And it's, and this is the, so, and when we look at even the whole question of, you know, why you're in this meeting today is probably most likely a consequence of the work and the influence that the party has had in the world of, you know, struggling over this question of solidarity with black power. And the question of, like when we're coming into political life and we're learning these words and we see like the whole question of solidarity, like we have to redefine what that even is because, you know, solidarity, um, you know, is, is defined for us as, you know, material and principled solidarity with the struggle of African people under our leadership. And, you know, they, but, you know, some of the definitions you see thrown around or the examples of solidarity you see today um, during these, you know, the, the uprisings and things like that, are anti-racist workshops and you know things of that nature and you know unlearning your racism classes and sensitivity trainings and you know things of that nature that don't don't do anything to solve the fundamental problem that African and colonized people are confronted with and it doesn't require white white people to take any real action to change the conditions because 
while white people can feel bad or sympathetic towards the struggle, it doesn't mean that white people then have to stop living off of the resources and the labor um, of African and colonized people. And it, it still means that white people will still exercise the power of the state over African lives. What we see happening, um, even in recent viral videos of that white woman who called the police on an African bird watcher. I mean, this is what the white population um, can continue to do, sucking the blood, you know, and living off the blood of African people and, and not having to take any real stance other than the fact that, you know, I consider myself anti-racist. And of course that does not work and it doesn't advance our struggles. So solidarity, genuine solidarity has been defined this way. And that it, it has to happen on the terms of African people. It has to happen on the terms of colonized people. It cannot happen on white people's terms because then that means we have a, a, a white people's revolution. We have a revolution that benefits white people. Uh, we have a, a struggle that benefits, you know, and advances the interests of, you know, what white people want to do. We can't have that. We have, it has to be determined by African people. And that's what, you know, this whole process is about as well. So, um, um, and I and I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, to that point. Talk a little bit about the elections that we were involved in, and uh, they were really critical elections um, that were waged. And the party didn't participate in the electoral process, thinking that you know voting would win African people our freedom because we didn't vote our way into slavery and colonialism, as Chairman has pointed out. Um, you know, that we didn't get here as a consequence of voting to be here. Um, and, and therefore, the oppressor is not going to give the tools to the oppressed to free themselves. That's not going to happen. So we didn't participate in the electoral arena to, um, to, uh, to in expecting that revolution or freedom would come for African people. We participated um, partly in the electoral arena to um, advance these issues, to put out these issues, to make them mainstream. And um, that's exactly what we did in 2017. And that wasn't the first electoral campaign that the party ever ran. In fact, the chairman ran for office here in the city of St. Petersburg. Um, but in 2017, we raised this question of reparations um, up and we put it on the ballot. And we gave the city of St. Pete and the so-called white progressives the opportunity to be progressive. We gave them the opportunity to be progressive and side with the African working class community here in St. Petersburg, Florida, where reparations meant, you know, that the St. Pete city government would pay reparations to African people, would support economic development versus the public policy that currently exists, public policy of police containment in our community, the same type of police containment that led to the murder like George Floyd. Um, so, you know, that these were the types of demands and the platforms that we were running on. And we gave, you know, the, the progressives of St. Pete, the city that considers itself the most progressive city um, in, the, in this country, the opportunity to vote for reparations. And they called us lunatic, um, you know, they called a lunatic fringe politic that said it could never win in a majority white city. And, you know, these are the same, you know, the same white people that, you know, uh, say that, um, you know, Trump is the worst thing that could ever happen. And if you don't vote out Trump, you know, we're, we're all going to, you know, are going to be screwed, etc. Meanwhile, these same people are screwing over Africans every single day. So we gave um, the white population here in the city the opportunity to vote uh, for reparations. And when you bring up this question of reparations to the, the so-called anti-racist the you know the the new the celebrities you see now that are anti-racist the billionaires the corporations that are now anti-racist but you bring up the question of reparations as the condition for genuine solidarity and that's where the line is drawn it is drawn right there and that's 
that's how we determine what you know solidarity really looks like is the the understanding that the resources that are in the white world belong to african people and that must be turned over and that must be part of white people's work in this struggle must be a serious fight to turn over those resources to to put them back in the possession of the african working class and that's where the line always gets drawn and that's where it was drawn in 2017 and it was drawn again in 2019 and but it was deepened and you can see now all of the at one point we were lunatic fringe politic and then two years later you see these democratic party uh presidential hopefuls talking about reparations and, pre and presenting their so-called reparations plans and this of course is due to the struggle that the african people's socialist party has been waging all of these years and um, of course, even you know those those that definition and the plans they were putting forth wasn't genuine um, reparations. And in fact, they were they were ways to um, really try to hijack the demand for reparations and take it somewhere else. Similar to what we see happening in these demonstrations, where they take solidarity, they take this question of solidarity, hijack it, and try to take it somewhere else. But you know, we don't have that problem anymore because the African People's Socialist Party solved that problem. It has opened up the door for white people to be able to participate in the struggle in a principled manner um, under the leadership of the African working class. And um, so, yeah, I wanted to say, I wanted to say that, and I wanted to say that, um, you know, the solidarity of uh, the struggle for African people to be free and self-determining has to be unconditional. It has to be totally unconditional that, the, again, the Black community, African people set the terms of what this looks like. And, you know, they, you know, and when I say they, I mean, you know, the ruling class all, you know, always attempts to, to, to say why African people deserve to die. And they have to create some justification as to why Africans deserve to die, why we have to, why our resources are being stolen from us, why we have to be kicked out of our communities, why we have to be thrown in jail, you know, why, why, why we have to live the way we do. And, and there's always a justification that the white ruling class can make for why African people have to live in these conditions. And the same thing with George Floyd. I mean, they, they term, they gave this BS reason about, you know, why, you know, George Floyd was even being, in, um, you know, attacked by the police to begin with. And that sometimes determines people's uh, ability to support whether or not that, that brother should be struggled for or, or not. And the fact of the matter is, it has to be totally unconditional. No matter, you know, any, anything they say about that brother, no matter what they said Mike Brown did or didn't do, whatever they say African people did or didn't do, that this, that is, that is totally moving us away from what it is and that that is not something that we have to struggle for. We know that African people for 600 years have been living under this, this system, under these conditions as a consequence of what Europe did to Africa. And that that is the basis for every single contradiction that we see in this world today. That's it. That's all you need to know. You need to know that Africans are colonized and that's why things happen to African people. And that's why the struggle has to be against colonialism. So, um, yeah, I wanted to say that. And, um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate this, the whole process and the whole, just the whole strategy of the African People's Socialist Party for, you know, this incredible um, movement of, you know, um, black power in white face. And that's what it is because white power has um, white power in black face and they, uh, they use black people 
you know, and sometimes it's even, you know, they have them in, the, in these demonstrations happening right now, um, you know, where they use black people to, um, you know, to turn the struggle away from, you know, what it really is, um, what it's really about. And so the party has um, taken this question of black power and whiteface and has, um, you know, the, the, its own um, colonizer nation turning against itself to overthrow colonialism and siding with the struggles of the oppressed and colonized all around the world. So it's a brilliant strategy. And if this, if you were, came here looking for something to do, you have come to the right place. There is so much for you to do. There's so much work to be done. And, you know, there's a place for everyone um, under the leadership of the African working class, under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party and the African Revolution. So thank you. Um, salute again to the Huru Solidarity Movement, the African People's Solidarity Committee, and my chairman, my leadership, Chairman Molly Chateau. Uhuru. That was Akile Anayi of the African People's Socialist Party speaking at a historic meeting of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement held online last night, attended by hundreds of people from around the world, uh, addressing the question of what white people can do in this period of the re-emergence of the African Revolution uh, across this nation, of what people can do to make reparations a reality and to partake in the anti-colonial struggles of African people around the world. So we just heard from Director um, Akile Anayi on that, and we're going to hear now from chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee, the cadre organization of white people who work under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party for reparations and solidarity with African revolution, chairwoman Penny Hess. And I wanna salute the heroic resistance of the African working class that we are seeing right now, which is responsible for bringing us to this meeting and, to, and for the leadership in disrupting and taking on the colonial domination provided by the US government every single day. And I wanna say that I am the chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee, the organization of white people that was founded by Chairman Omalia Shatella, the African People's Socialist Party for white people with the goal, not for charity, not for a favor, not even for solidarity in that way, but to extend the African revolution into the belly of the beast so that we can be, we can be black power and white face. We can take on the same understandings of the African revolution, the political theory of the African People's Socialist Party that is called African internationalism and that it lets us begin to see the world through the eyes of the African working class and oppressed and not through the eyes of white power sitting on the pedestal of the oppression of African people. And you know, this situation that we see right now is so critical. It's as the chairman says and others have said that it is bigger than Minneapolis as we know. It's been 170 cities throughout the United States it has rocked this system to its very foundations. And a lot of, of people have said, especially from the white community, have said that this, the conditions faced by African people are one of the quote isms, one of a list of isms in this country and nothing could be further than the truth. That the, the struggle of African people for power, the oppression and colonization of African people, this question goes to the very heart 
of all struggle and all contradictions in this country and in this world. It is the essential question. It is the essential question. And we must, we must understand that and take that on. That, that this is about the reality that Chairman Omalia Shetela, the African Revolution has defined for us that America, that capitalism was built on the assault on Africa by Europe, by Europeans. It was built on imperialism that went into Africa when white people were poor on the continent of Europe, that went in when there was still feudalism in Europe, went to Africa, assaulted Africa, kidnapped African people, turned them into property, turned them into commodities for sale that became the first and most lucrative commodities of capitalism itself. It is the African human beings are what created Wall Street, the city of London, all of the stock markets, and the essence of capitalism is there, along with the genocide of the indigenous people, the theft of this land, and the colonial domination of the majority of the planet Earth. And when we look at the reality as the chairman, Chairman Omali Shetela, Director Kile, the African People's Socialist Party have laid out for us that white people everywhere, inside the United States and around the world, as the chairman said, we are the colonizer nation. We are the colonizers. It is, it is not because of some mysterious white privilege or racism. It has a political and economic basis to it and that there is colonialism inside the borders of the United States. To say anything else is completely living in, in a world of rose-colored glasses. The fact is there's two Americas and we all know it and that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we know we have to take this stand. And that colonialism that we must understand the definition of means that an entire people is dominated politically, economically, militarily by a foreign and alien state power and the colonizer nation for profit, for profit. That is the situation that exists here. As the chairman said, we are settler colonizers. We came to this land, we had the power of life and death over the indigenous people. We had the power of life and death over African people. We stole their labor and the value of that, which was the greatest wealth ever produced at that time. And it has increased ever since the stolen labor of African people. We have benefited and participated in the genocide of the indigenous people and the theft of their land. And we have, as a colonizer nation supported the colonial domination and assault by the US government of peoples around the world. And that the, colonial, the colonialism that we're talking about is, as the chairman has defined, it is a colonial state. And as the chairman teaches us, the state is the institution of violence and coercion that maintains the status quo, which is the power of, of the ruling class and of the entire colonizer nation. It maintains that. And so, you know, we, we have people 
that might say, well, why, why do the police keep killing African people in this country? And the fact is they do it because that's what they're supposed to do. It is an occupying army. The police are an occupying army inside the African community. They are there to carry out the colonial policies of the US government. And that you could ask, well, why does, uh, why, you know, why would a, a military, a soldier, US soldier going to Iraq or any place else in the world be killing people all the time? Because that's what they do. And that's what the colonial state does and what it is about. It is about the domination and suppression and repression of the African population and the indigenous people and, and, and the Mexican indigenous people inside the borders of the United States. And that's why we have to reiterate and say ourselves what Chairman O'Malley Ishitella just laid out, that it is not a question of racism, that this is a question of colonialism and it's two different things. Racism and colonialism are not interchanging ideas. They are contending ideas and that, and that what the African People's Socialist Party, which represents the interests of the African working class is about, as the chairman laid out very clearly, is about gaining political and economic power over their own lives. And ultimately that question is African people united as one people around the world to liberate Africa and all its resources. And inside this country, the anti-colonial struggle, which stands in total unity, led by the African People's Socialist Party, stands in total unity with the struggle of the indigenous people for the return of their land and with all oppressed and colonized peoples around the world, that, that this, is, this is a struggle for power, for political and economic power. This is what the party is about. And as the chairman said, racism is about white people. It's about putting ourselves in the center and that, uh, that the question of anti-racism is somehow about cleansing the ideas in our heads or the ideas in the head of, of Derek Chauvin is not what killed him. It is the colonial state and the colonial state power that is the responsible for the death of George Floyd and every other of the thousands upon thousands of African people who are killed and have been killed by the state every single day over many, many years. And that, that racism is about um, ourselves. It is, it, it is counter to the struggle against colonialism that um, we're talking about, we're not talking about the question of, as the chairman said, they don't care. They, they don't care if we like them, but what they're calling for is a particular task that we have to take on, the struggle for reparations to African people and to stand in genuine solidarity with this leadership, the terms set by the African working class and the leadership of the African working class and building the institutions that the African People's Socialist Party has built over the years, over 50 institutions of self-government, self-determination, and political and economic power. That's what the Black Power Blueprint is. You can go to blackpowerblueprint.org. You can see the whole history of the development of that project on the north side 
of St. Louis. It's incredible. If you feel that you need to take an anti-racism class and pay $1,000, forget that. Put that $1,000 as reparations to the Black Power Blueprint and to the work of the African People's Socialist Party. And that, you know, we also want to say that we have to be organized. White people have to be organized under the leadership of the African working class. We sit on the pedestal of the oppression of African people. That's why we are always, generally speaking, throughout history have been united with our own ruling class against African people and indigenous people. Even if we were working people, we have always united with our own ruling class. And that, that this is about the ability of us to stand and be on the forward side of history, be able to, to, um, to take a stand in unity with African people and the oppressed people on the planet Earth. And that was Chairwoman Penny Hess of the African People's Solidarity Committee. And we are now joined by Jesse Neville, chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. And we wanted to uh, talk to you, Jesse, about the Global Day of Action that the Uhuru Solidarity Movement is holding this Saturday. Uhuru. So the Global Day of Action is happening this upcoming Saturday in cities throughout the country and the world. The Uhuru Solidarity Movement is calling on white people everywhere to come out and take a public stand in solidarity with African people in the struggle against colonialism and the struggle for reparations, the right of African people to have power over their own lives and resources, the right of African people to reclaim control of all of the resources that have been robbed from them systematically for hundreds of years, to stand in solidarity with African self-determination like the Black Power Blueprint, which represents the only way that the police murders of African people will end. It will end when African people have power over their own lives. That is what the Akuru Movement, Chairman Amalia Shetela, is calling on us to understand. So if you're in a city where the Uhuru Movement is located, we will get you connected with that organization so that you can participate and we'll also um, help you to create the banners, signs, and give you the sign-up sheets, clipboard, all that kind of stuff, so that you can be out there representing the party's organization of white solidarity with Black Power. If you're in a city where the Uhuru Movement is not yet located, you can become the spark. We will work with you to, uh, to get equipped to be out there as a member of USM, to be uh, you know, at whatever demonstrations are happening in your city, and if there's no demonstration happening in your city by some odd chance, then you can start one and it can be a reparations action. So we encourage you to get involved. We will work with you. We're actually having a planning meeting tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can go to tinyurl.com slash reparations day and get signed up for the global day of action for reparations to African people. Jesse, is that day uh, June 6th? Is that correct? Yes, June 6th. So that's this Saturday, June 6th. And if you want more information, again, that uh, is tinyurl.com slash reparationsday to find out about the Global Day of Action, the Global Day of Reparations uh, that Jesse Neville, chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, is just, has just described. And Jesse, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us again today on Reparations in Action and all the work you do to make this show happen. I want to thank all of the listeners, all the presenters, uh, Chairman Amalia Shetela, uh, Director Akile Anayi, Chairwoman Penny Hess, 
And I want to salute this radio station, Black Power 96.3, for allowing us to have this show and the nonprofit that leads it, the African People's Education and Defense Fund, for uh, continuing to carry out its mission statement of addressing the grave disparities in economic development, health, healthcare, and education faced by the African community. My name is Jamie Simpson. This has been Reparations in Action. We'll see you next week.